What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the PPC Den Podcast, the home of the world's first and longest running podcast about Amazon advertising. Your home to make all things related to Amazon PPC easier and more profitable. We've got a great episode for you today. This is part two of our series, of our follow along series, where we do PPC experiments. We present PPC problems, we talk about how we would solve them, and then we share them, the results of those actions here with you. Uh, so what's really cool about today's episode is that I recorded part one of this episode uh, way back in uh, early November. And then we're recording part two here several weeks later. Uh, so if you have not listened to the previous episode, please go back and listen to the previous episode because it talks about an account where there were over 6,000 keywords in a single campaign. And basically we talked about why you wouldn't want that, what we are planning on doing. And then this episode is the result of that plan. Uh, all the good, bad, and the ugly part of the series of real PBC stories. Uh, have a good one and I'll see you inside the episode. I've launched campaigns and picked keywords. I've got my bits, set placements too. Now bad mistakes. So, come on, it is now December 8th, 2022. Uh, last time we talked about this was November 10th, 2022. And uh, you've got some results here. Yes, we have some results, some nice results. Apologies for my voice. Uh, uh, you can hear that I'm a bit sore. That comes with the weather, right? We are, are, you, are, you in, are you in Qatar and maybe you have a sore throat from screaming? From screaming, right. Because I'm European, I like football. Yeah, that, that's I'm actually the all, other way around. I'm making all kinds of stereotypes. Yes, of course. No, I'm French and I eat cheese. Is there a baguette within distance of you right now? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I have to keep that close to me. That's It's like the sun for Superman. I have to have that, my baguette. You have to have it nearby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, wait, so yes, just normal wintry things as uh, people lose their voices. I also have a slightly strange voice going on right now too. So yeah. it's the, it's the, uh, it's the sick episode, but th <laughs> thankfully, dear listener, you're home safe, somewhere safe. Um, I often listen to a lot of podcasts while walking the dog around the block. Do you have a preferred podcast activity? 
I like to listen to podcasts running. And, you know, it's funny because it's the end of the year and we have all these nice um, stats that the podcast yeah. app does. And the um, PPC Then podcast is my second. You've been dethroned. Whoa, we were your second most listened to podcast. What was the first? The first was Cal Newport. Um, deep question. Cal Newport. Yes. Right on. Yeah, that's great. Um, so recap for the listener, uh, in case you're just tuning in. On November 10th, we recorded episode 206, uh, which was part A of this little experiment. And what's crazy is it's it seems like we couldn't have asked for better data. Uh, and, you know, for everyone listening, this is real in the sense of like, a lot of times when I had the idea for this episode, it was like, well, what if it doesn't work? Like, what if part B, the next episode is actually like it, something went haywire. And like, that's awesome. Like, that's a really cool story too, because like that happens a lot. Like sometimes you apply best practice, you make a really good informed judgment and it doesn't work. However, in this case, it worked out like a charm. <laughs> it worked out perfectly. Um, so Clement, take us back to November 10th. Yeah. Uh, walk us through a little bit of the problem back then. Sure. So uh, yeah, a bit of a recap. Uh, so the main uh, challenge of that like we, we focused on one product for the, the sake of the episode, but it was the same at the account level. So the um, targeting was, and the structure was all messed up. Let's, yeah, yeah let's stop sugarcoating things. It was like, we had one campaign that was targeting 6,000 keywords, 6,000 keywords. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that was just one campaign. Like we had others with more than 1,000 keywords, and that was something that we've seen all over the board. So it was very hard to really optimize things when they are all scattered away, got clicks now and then, and we couldn't take any decisions based on what we've seen, even with that lifestyle view. Yeah. So yes, going back in time on November 10th, there was an account where there was one product and we listed two campaigns back then. The first campaign had 1500 keywords. Mm -hmm. The next one had 6,000 keywords. So that's 7,500 keywords in two campaigns right there. Um, if you were to call, a call like name that strategy, like that's the blank strategy. What would you refer to that as? You know, I listened to an episode of the PPC Den podcast lately where you uh, had three three archetypes and i believe mad max was one of them mm -hmm. would that be a mad max strategy like just or the stuffing strategy maybe the stuffing strategy yeah i i think of it more as like the stuffing strategy yeah i think i think mad max we like to turn things up really fast like we like uh. to bid a lot we like to budget real high we like to bid a lot and we also like to throw out a whole bunch of keywords we just like to go crazy but yeah i would say Keyword dumping, keyword dumping is my it has always been my preferred way to describe mm -hmm. this. <laughs> the keyword dump, um, be, mostly because dump is a entertaining word to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, go to uh, one of those signs that say no dumping, mm -hmm. and like stand next to it, hardy har har. Uh, anyway, we had a we had two campaigns. 
loads and loads of keywords in it. And what was your thought process back then? Like, what did you think mm-hmm. should be the remedy for this? Okay, so we had more than those two campaigns. Those two were the biggest one, but then after that, we had several with thousands of keywords inside for just wow. that product. Mm-hmm. Okay, so thought process is that when you take a step back, like a 10,000 feet view, things were looking fine, okay? Uh, the performances were more or less on point where on with what the clients wanted. Uh, but then when you start to dig a little deeper, you'll see you've discovered all these structural issues and you say, okay, I can really do better than that. But if I go ahead, pause everything, relaunch new campaigns with best practices, I'm at risk of nuking the account, having right. a significant drop in performances, and then waiting a couple of days for the new campaigns to perform. I didn't want that to happen. <clears throat> Nobody wants that to happen. So mm-hmm. I started to be to, to feel like a surgeon, you know, opening everything up, extracting what was working, looking if we had some good opportunities. What I wanted to maintain is the moment was the momentum. So if something was working well, I left it there. I extracted yeah. everything else that was worth testing out. Now, when you do that, you are at risk of exploit, um, you know, going crazy with your budget because you're adding new campaigns. Okay, mm-hmm. let's say that these those campaigns were spending their budget or more or less. Then I had to have several conversations with the client saying that this is what's going to happen. This is what is expected and agreed upon some testings. And that's what we did. So Yeah. So one question that always gets asked, and you, you sort of answered it, but I wanted to call it out here. Uh, a lot of people say like, if I have an existing campaign with 6,000 keywords, should I move the things that are bad out of it or should I move the things that are good out of it and in this case you left the things that were good yes you took the things that were bad and put yes. them somewhere else to yeah. try to maintain the regularity of that yeah high because, performance yeah because you know the Amazon's algorithm has a lot of it is very complicated we don't know everything about it we have make assumptions but when something works well the algorithm likes that yeah, I think there's like a, uh, you know, if, if we think of like the algorithm as a whole bunch of factors being added or multiplied, I think one factor is like age of the thing. So like the age of the product, the age of the campaign, the age of the keyword, how long it's been running. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that was yeah. a factor. Uh, it sounds like you do, you do too. I do. The fact that the campaign does not run out of budget, you know, the conversion plays a huge part in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all these kind of things that are not directly under your control. Okay, you have to wait for some time and optimize things to get there. Yeah. One question I have too is, you know, there were lots of keywords, right? 6,000 keywords, like so far just in the two campaigns at 7,500 keywords. And you mentioned there were even more, mm-hmm. thousands more keywords elsewhere for just this one product. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at the notes here. You have something you have a note about lots of duplicate type mm-hmm. keywords yes. like yes uh you know let's say we were selling pens it's like th- uh the 
right like actually depends is an awful example i'm just looking or like let's say you're selling a baguette and it's like (laughs) a baguette or the baguette or like baguettes with an s on it like they they had a lot of these like duplicate style keywords uh i sort of call those like close variants Mm -hmm. um what did you do with them like because that that surely got the keyword count up really high which makes it difficult to work with. And like, do you need these things? Like what, what, what choices did you make about those things? Yeah, so just to make sure that we are on the same page, uh, when you're targeting on the exact match, um, all these small adjustments uh, will be including the uh, original exact or the, the, the simpler version. So I'm gonna take another example, if I may. Uh, running yeah. shoes. So you yeah. are targeting running shoes on exact match. If you target running shoes for, because you want to have for men or for women or right. for child, uh, that's going to be triggered by that's going to trigger running shoes as well. Okay, and the same thing with singular, same thing with the all these small articles, they are just muddying the waters. And if you have one keyword that is just running shoes on exact, and then you have another campaign that would be running shoes for because you want to, you know, capture another um, some other queries, then it doesn't not work like that. So you need to make a decision. Take the one that works the best because one will work the best, probably at the thanks to the performance of the campaign itself, and then just switch up the other. So this account had, uh, you know, running shoes, and it had like running shoes for yes, correct, both exact match. Yes, correct. In different yeah. campaigns, in different states, you have on broad, on on phrase. Right. Yeah. No negatives. Okay, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, branded keywords were mixed with the the lot, so yeah. that's another thing. Did you separate? So yeah, yeah. Before we move on to the branded keyword question, uh, so you basically to put a bow on that idea, you got rid of those article based duplicates like for the with so on and so forth. Uh, you or you know did you keep them if they worked if they had existing good performance yeah yeah i kept the if they worked because uh if i wanted the shorter version and the one with four was giving me best historical performances i kept this one because it was targeting the simple keyword as well yeah performance talks for sure you it know does. Whatever, yeah whatever and, best. and it, Again, it's just at the campaign level that we see that. It's not because you add four to your keyword that you're going to have better performances. Yeah. Yeah. I never, yeah. I never understood like the, uh, you know, maybe at one point in time when the algorithm was less advanced, maybe. But yeah, I never understood the extra work and time spent to manage all of those like article based variations. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're just picked up anyway yes. with the normal version. And then I also think it's interesting too, like, <clears throat> yeah, like to your point, like if you have the phrase match version, it would just get picked up. Like all of those variations that you're trying to get are going to get picked up anyway. Mm-hmm. What is your take as to why sometimes like running shoes four ended up doing better than just pure running shoes, like so, random, like you think there's some reason for it? I, I would say that it depends. Okay, so let's say that you are running an experiment and you are running the same exact settings at the campaign level, right? You are going on fixed bids. Uh, you are using the same 
bid adjustment placements for placements and the same bid. Uh, it's just like one person would randomly convert on one query and not the other, and then the campaigns build up on that, and then it gets you know loved by the algorithm, and then it gets better performances, and then you you see that it works better, so you optimize it to work even more. You know, you may be up, upping your bids, uh, increasing top of search, and then it gets more and more momentum. And yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, essentially. And just to clarify this too, because I feel like a lot of times the PPC community gets hung up on these kind of things, which like sometimes matter, but it's in very like unique cases. And it's sort of like, like I could, I could easily see, I've never seen a piece of content, but I, I could imagine a piece of content created out there that says like the article hack to like hmm. expand your reach or something like that. And yeah. truthfully, I do think it operates like you described, like sometimes it might just randomly start to get more traction from the get go. And then, cause like if it, if it were true that adding the article was, was a good idea, you would just have been left with a whole bunch of keywords with articles in it. Uh, but that wasn't the case. It seemed like it was like, sometimes it did it's better. Random. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It seemed Similar. random. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting point too. Um, so yeah, so you broke these back on track. You broke these things apart. You took things with little traffic or poorly performing and you moved them to new places. When mm -hmm. you move them to new places, like what, what was your guideline for, relocating these things yeah okay so there is um some you, you need to be careful right I, I didn't want to move everything up and just create uh, you know triple the budget uh right. just overnight so i did it incrementally so let's say that you had a campaign with a lot of keywords and that top 10 was performing fine so i left the top 10 there i moved everything else in another campaign but before i i would manually check manually review the performances to make sure that there were no irrelevant terms and and i've seen one i've seen i i have one example i've seen several but i have one example that is that was the search term keywords that was targeting in that campaign literally keywords and i'm guessing that's just a copy and paste error you know that could happen sometime uh but there were uh, also some irrelevant keywords in there so, Wait, did you say that it was targeting the word keyword? Yes, I did. Yeah. So it was just that, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like the, the, the first row exactly. of the column was yeah. included. Okay, okay. Yeah, I guess someone did, you know, keyword definition of key and, Yeah, yeah. The definition of keyword dumping. Yes, yeah. yes, precisely. So you could tell that um, attention to details was not there. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, you had some irrelevant search terms that may have converted by like once, but they were then having poor performances. So I did not include them. You have to stay away from FOMO uh, just because uh, it's going to make things more difficult to manage and you want to apply the 80-20 rules. Did you time. use um, a spreadsheet to manage this? Like were there, was it a bulk file activity? Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I still believe a bulk file is like the best way to do campaign structure work because you can do anything you dream of. Yes, it, it is because you have the, it's like you have your drawing board and, and you have something and you can take your time building your uh, Canva 
yeah. and once you're done, you're happy with it. You just upload it and it's, it's done. You don't have to remember anything because it's all written down on just one view. So with the lack of attention to detail, I imagine that there were a lot of like bad keywords, which you said are like irrelevant keywords or unintentional keyword choices that you went in and cleaned up. Mm -hmm. um, you all, you also, I assume, did some like search term. Yes. Like, were there some things that just didn't make it to the new spot? Like that yes. you did some kind of like search term analysis. Yes, yes, definitely. So uh, there, there were two, um, two angles there. I had the discussion with the clients, and he specifically told me that this product, because you know, when we onboard clients, we gather a lot of info onto what the product is made for, and. Uh, all this kind of good stuff. So um, before that, I reviewed, uh, I audited the account and I asked, is your product suited for that use? Okay. And sometimes he told me no. So this, those, everything related to that semantic went out of the way. Then we also did uh, our own fresh keyword research, you know, classic keyword research, nothing fancy. Like-to-like uh, -like product, you know, reverse acing, all that good stuff. And I like to build my list of never keyword, meaning that you know, I have often single keywords, sometimes two keywords, and I use that as negative phrase. If I'm running exact, obviously I will not include them, but if I have any discovery campaign, probably phrase broad auto campaigns, then they will be already there in the negative phrase targeting and that will save me a lot of money or save the clients. Yeah. And I think we were talking before the show, you also mentioned some n-gram analysis. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, did you end up using the <clears throat> the spreadsheet that uh, Ad Badger made a couple oh, episodes yes. ago? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I uh, Cool. Uh, so we'll link to that in the show notes because that, that is mm -hmm. like one of my favorite tools. I love showing that to people and they're like, whoa, mm -hmm. what is this? Um, we'll link to it in the show notes, but like just brief and you can find it by just searching Ad Badger N, the letter N, Gram, G R A M on Google and you should be able to find it. Uh, but N Gram analysis, like what is it and why do you think it was helpful here? Yeah. So when you have, you, you download your search term report or your impression share report, which is a superior version of it, uh, you are going to filter them by maybe number of clicks and you're going to add another filter with uh, non-converting. Okay, so you have, you're going to review line by line. But what if there is one keyword inside all the search terms that is the common, um, the, the, the common um, enemy? Okay, you would put that search and report into the engram analysis and it's going to split the keywords one by one and review uh, consolidate the performances of the the search terms where the keyword appear so you can identify uh, just really quickly if there is one keyword that should not be there or that has perf bad performances or that is not converting yeah uh, i like to say that it helps cure death by a thousand cuts like where you have thousands and thousands of search terms with like two clicks each it'll go out there and try to find the the common thread and identify that for you and like sum up all of that common threads performance so you did a lot of cleanup mm -hmm. 
in terms of like keyword, you got way more intentional about the keyword analysis. Uh, you're restructuring things. You're moving things that need more air to breathe into new campaigns. Um, did you have any limitations in terms of like the budget? Like, was yes. this sort of like an open book, like a blank check type spending? Like, did you have limitations? Like, or was it, you know, spend, you know, a lot within reason and reason being maybe like don't 5x the budget but you can like 2x the budget like what kind of limitations did you have because i imagine like once you do all of this it's kind of hard to predict how much more you'll spend uh i think it's wild sometimes people don't know even with the existing campaigns that they have like if you're currently spending like fifty thousand dollars a month how quickly you can spend a hundred grand a month like in two days even without doing mountains of new keyword research, just like with your existing structure, just moving things around, opening up budgets, giving things time to breathe. Like it's easy to like double budget really oh, yes. fast. Yeah. Oh, yes. So like what guidelines did you have going into it? And like, how do you predict this kind of thing? Like wh what, what was your process there? So again, that's something that we need to make sure the client understand. Uh, I could not go over the budget. And that yeah. is like, I felt like, Ulysses in the uh, um, Odyssey, uh, maybe less uh, mythological Ulysses. <laughs> That's because of Cal Newport. Yeah, he likes these kind of references. So I I needed to steer my ships in the turmoil, and I had sirens calling out to me like mm -hmm. good opportunities, spend more money there. But mm -hmm. I had to really uh, follow a straight lines. So hence the clinic up prior to the expansion, which allowed me to test things out while maintaining uh, a reasonable budget. But mm -hmm. once the performances were there, we were able to expand the daily budget and having more budget will spin things up. I would have preferred to you know, have carte blanche and just mm -hmm. uh, within reason, increase the budget for those new opportunities, those testings, but it was not the case. Yeah. So when you build those new campaigns, um, you know, how do you know, cause it's difficult to like see historic performance. Like where did you start the new bids for mm -hmm. those new keywords in the new campaigns? And by the way, do you know offhand how many like campaigns you started with for this product versus how many campaigns you ended up with? Uh, out of my hat, no, I don't know. I'm, I can look that up. We can add it maybe in the show notes or in the written version, but uh, quite a few. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up. Uh, the, the, the products ASIN is in the title? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll pull um, it up. So I, uh, I went ahead with uh, these... Um, these uh, model on parenting. I took the conversion of the keyword if I had enough data and I did the uh, inverse of the conversion, meaning like I, I have an example. If you have a 15% conversion, you uh, divide one by 15 and then you get your number of, click, of clicks to make a sale. So in that case, it would be 6.67 clicks to make a sale. I took also the average CPC of the last X days. <clears throat> Again, for the sake of the example, uh, I'm taking a, an average CPC of $1.5. So I'm just 
assuming that to make a sale, I need 6.67 clicks at $1.5, which makes roughly $10. And I want to be able to make 10 sales per day with that campaign and that I have my daily budget for that new campaign. Yeah, you know, knowing approximate conversion rate, it can help you clue in. I think this is this is really good math to know. Like, what's a what's your average conversion rate for this product? How many clicks do you need to get a sale? So, therefore, if you need that many clicks to get a sale, in this case, fifteen percent conversion rate, which means you need six point seven clicks to get a sale, you could approximate based off you know what your target ACOS is, how big your budgets need to be, and like what your approximate CPC should be. Uh, you can land exactly where you are. You want you want to be with a starting bid. You know, so many people have a question of like, where do I start my bids? And if you have historic data, that's an amazing spot to begin with for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Don't trust the uh, suggested bids because you, know, you can end up five x your budget in that example. Amazon yeah. likes to push things out. Yes, uh, I'm trying to. It looks like. In terms of number of campaigns, it looks like before before you did anything, it looks like maybe there were like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven campaigns or so that had like significant data, thirteen, mm -hmm. and now it looks like there is there. Looks says there are 84 total campaigns with this ASIN in it. Does that sound approximate to you? Some, I mean, some of these are paused, but. Uh, that sounds like more than I would. Uh, yeah, some of these make. are paused. Okay. So it, yeah, it probably looks like, it looks like it went from maybe 15 to maybe 50, 45 or 50 campaigns. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, the number of campaigns like looks like it maybe 3X'd or so. Yes, yes. Correct. And, yeah. you know, some of them are defense campaigns. So it, the this account has a strong branding and it was not being taken advantage of. Uh, so by running defense campaigns, it allows to, you know, segregate the data. So we really know for the non-branded key, keywords, what's working, what's not working and making sure that we are... Um, not losing sales to competitors. Yeah. So we did a whole bunch of stuff. We started with campaigns that were really lumped together. You broke those out. You cleaned them up. You you got way more intentional on a keyword by keyword basis. You basically undid the keyword dumping. You did some search term analysis uh, and some like poor performance to not carry over some of these new things. You pulled out the uh, non-performing or underperforming things into new places, ended up using good math to approximate what your starting CPC should be to try to keep your budget in check to where it should land. Ultimately, you ended up like 3Xing the amount of campaigns and the data, you couldn't ask for better, da better data here. Yeah. It looks like, I mean, just off the bat, it looks like, it looks like, uh, your ACOS went down 16%. Mm -hmm. Your conversion rate went up 22%. Uh, your amount of orders went up 18%. Your PPC spend stayed almost the same. It only it went up 1%. Yeah. 
uh, PVC sales went up 21%. So like anyone would pick that all day. Like, could I increase my spend 1% and get 22% more sales? Uh, kind of crazy. Clicks went down. Clicks stayed the same. They went down only 3%. Mm-hmm. Uh, impressions went up 15%. Uh, all in all, yeah, 20 something percent more sales. Uh, so like total ACOS too improved uh 21% too went from 26% tacos to 20% tacos mm-hmm. so like you couldn't ask for a better move here so and you congrats thank you you forgot to mention that organic sales took a great boost by 35% so you know yeah. sending the right signal to amazon that's also thanks to the conversion like if you increase your conversion then amazon will give you some organic rank. Yeah, I think it's I think it's crazy too like so the conversion rate moved from 13% to 16%. So like 13.6 to 16.6 uh, which is a 3 point change. So it's not a massive absolute change, but 3 points is actually a 22% increase in conversion rate. So you just like clean things up, right? Like you got more intentional about all this traffic and when you get more intentional about all this traffic. So like, what an amazing opportunity, right? Like it's so difficult to, you know, PPC is like an indirect path to improving conversion rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, while you can't change the conversion rate of the product, you can change the conversion rate of the traffic that is going to it. So just like, I I would probably assume you just got less traffic for lower converting stuff and you got more traffic for higher converting stuff. So like you couldn't ask for a uh, better set of results there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the conversion at the um, ASIN level, so meaning both organic and sponsored, went from 15.4 to 18.2, so it did increase as well. So yeah, so we, we recapped. Uh, how do you think this will change your own optimization protocol? Like, has this changed your own optimization protocol? Do you have more faith in like, the process that you just described, like, are you going to try anything? Would you try anything different? Uh, like if you were to go back in time, like what are your big learnings here? Yeah. So the good thing of presenting the uh, results to someone else is that I had to be very thorough with my notes taking and how I was uh, documenting the process. So that's definitely something that helped me systematize the, uh, you know, any onboarding with these kind of structural issues. Yeah. Uh, that being said, if something were was or if it was not working as intended, then I still have learned something. Okay. So when something is not going, or if your hypothesis is wrong, uh, that's okay. You still learn something. And in that case, like yeah, it worked perfectly. Uh, but it needs constant optimization. And, you know, whenever I was launching new campaigns, I reviewed them daily to make sure that uh, they were performing as intended and some were not performing as intended. So I either switched them up, repurposed them. Uh, So, yeah, when you're looking at the big picture, it looks pretty and nice, but it involves like a lot of work. And I'm happy it's done. Oh, the big, the, the hardest part is behind. Yeah. You know, I think my last question is just like, how did you manage this process? Like, did you like, 
because this is a lot to hold in your head, right? Like three xing the amount of campaigns. Uh, obviously, you had good campaign naming. So, like when you would go into the account, you can just type in the ASIN and find all the campaigns with that uh, t- with the ASIN in the title. And like that's a perfect example of where like taking a little bit of time in the beginning to like name things properly makes future optimization way easier because you can just type the, the ASIN in. Um, but like, were there, do you have any other tips on how you just manage that process? Cause that's, that's, that's a big thing. Yeah. So, uh, not taking is, uh, is key. Um, so we use ClickUp at AdBadger, which uh, is a decent tool. I like his notion like function, but you also have a plain and simple spreadsheet where you, know, you can build up your never keyword list. For example, you can, uh, you know, make sure that you are targeting your root keywords and, and so on and so forth and make notes on everything like that. So yeah, not taking is just something you have to do. Got to write it down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and with that, let's rest our sick voices. Uh, but, but I love this. I love that we were able to do something way back several weeks ago and like check in and like how the process actually went. Um, so like, couldn't couldn't ask for a more like picture perfect uh results uh we'll do another we'll do more of these and maybe one day we'll have like where things went sideways uh like why didn't it work out uh that's what that will happen ab- absolutely it happens to every single ppc optimizer and i think like hopefully what we can share is like what do you do when it doesn't work mm-hmm. the way that you the way that it does in most accounts cuz like if what's so interesting is like you know you could apply this process again today and like have things not do exactly the same. Right. And then it's like, why? Uh, and it, you know, it doesn't mean that somebody listening, like repeating some of these same things, like doesn't necessarily mean like they made a mistake or like, you know, just sometimes things work differently. And like a good PBC or is a constant detective of like, why is it doing this? How do I tweak it? What, what do I do differently? Uh, that kind of thing is so fascinating. Exactly. And, follow the data always, you know, yeah. and review. Don't wait 30 days. No, don't stop yeah. things and wait 30 days and come back and, oh, it didn't work. I lost 30 days. Yeah. I'm a big believer, like doing a campaign restructure, like you need to like have a recurring task in your project management software to like remind yourself to like go in and check, check on those campaigns. So like yeah. you don't wait even sometimes a week, you know, four days, Three days. It's too long, especially doing campaign restructure that, stuff. That's probably the only scenario where I'm not afraid of over-optimizing things. Yeah. Just because you need to be very reactive. Yeah. And with that, thank you so much, Clement, for sharing this optimization story. Everyone else, I'll see you next week here on the PBC Den Podcast. Bye.